Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I have Chrissy here from Pop-Up Books. She's going to tell us all about her story and everything about bookkeeping, what you guys need to uh, learn about and what you need to watch out for. So we're gonna get right into her story. So thank you so much for joining us, Chrissy. <laughs> thank you, Corey. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Um, I appreciate all of you guys at IFERT. And so I just wanted to kind of get on. This is the first, po first podcast, so I know I'm going to mess this up, but that's okay. Uh, but I wanted to give you a little bit of my story. Um, I am Pop-Up Books. I started off selling, believe it or not. I really started off jumping out of college and dropping right into the accounting world very quickly in my early 20s, working out of Boston. And that helped me get a really good background and backbone of what bookkeeping is, what accounting is, um, cash flow, money management, all of that. And it has really helped me and flowed into my, my personal life as well as my business life now where I am. Um, fast forward into my 30s and I ended up having a bunch of kids and here I am now uh, starting my own business and I was a boutique owner myself. I still am. Uh, I started off working for an MLM and that just kind of evolved into, hey, my little team said, Christine or Chrissy knows a lot about bookkeeping and accounting. Hey, we'll just, you know, kind of check out what she's doing. And I started a little group and it kind of morphed into thousands of people very quickly coming into that group. And I saw the need there. And there was definitely not a lot of information out there concerning the bookkeeping needs of, of the boutique owners. And that rolled quickly into creating a group that is a paid membership. That is my paid membership group, which is Pop-Up Books. That is for your do-it-yourself or it is a Facebook membership fee, yearly fee, um, I call it an opportunity for you to really kind of dive deep into understanding your bookkeeping, doing it yourself if you are a do-it-yourselfer and you're a visual learner like myself. So I'm a visual learner, so I teach visually, and I really believe that helps the average person understand where to click, what to click, what this means, what that means, broken down into tiny little, little kind of tidbits of information um, based on what you're looking for and what, what questions you may have. Um, so that gives you just a really good umbrella of what bookkeeping is inside of there and how to do it yourself, starting from the process of whether you decide to do it, man calculate it manually, or you want to use a software. Um, I, I train on QuickBooks, and that seems to be a very good software that really kind of combines it all together and makes it simplified for you. Bookkeeping does not have to be complicated. It can be simplified, and I like to simplify it enough so the average person can do it themselves. From there, pop-up books kind of, again, morphed again into pop-up bookkeeping. And that is where I've kind of settled in. And I, I work with hundreds of clients every year, helping do their bookkeeping, whether it's monthly, quarterly, or yearly. Some of them actually do it themselves and look at the budget-friendly option of, hey, I'm a pop-up books member, but I really want Christine to kind of take a look at what I've done. Is this correct? Some of them just signed up and said, Christine, just do it. I, I don't want to deal with it. Can you just become like my almost CFO of my company? So I do their bookkeeping. I'm a virtual bookkeeper. Unlike very, a lot of other people, I like to do books in front of you. For the majority of my bookkeeping clients that are Schedule C filers, I do their books in front of them. If you're an S corporation, it's structured a little bit differently. Uh, but I like to go into your computer. I use a really um, safe software that allows me access during our session alone. And I do your books in front of you. I answer any questions. I make sure things are in the right place. 
And then I do reporting for you every three months that allows you to really understand in depth what your business is doing. What are you making? How much can you pay yourself? Are your percentages and your gross profit high enough to handle your expenses? What are my expenses? Are they too high in one area versus another? And I can help budget you and cash flow, um, work with your cash flow so you understand what is going on within your business. And if you're making money, because uh, at the end of the day, you're all doing this for money and you're doing this because you have a passion in fashion, but you're also, you're a driven entrepreneur that wants to make money and wants to fulfill a need in your household or yourself. Um, and it's really nice to know what those numbers are. So I'm going to kind of discuss quickly what bookkeeping is because bookkeeping is really the bridge between the consultant and your CFO. A lot of people have a CFO and if you just are feeding them numbers they don't really have a, an invested passion in your business the way that you do, or really have a strong background in what your business does and what you're reporting to them. So it becomes like a confusion of, okay, am I filing this right? And he's just taking care of it. And I don't need to know about my business. He just files my return. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of not really keeping you involved in your business. And you should be very much involved because this is the money that is derived, the driving force in your business. And without that, then you're just spinning your wheels. And what are you working towards? What goals are you working towards? It's really hard to goal set when you don't know what you're even making because sales do not equal profit. So as I go through, I'm going to just kind of explain exactly what bookkeeping is. Um, that is the accountability of your expenses and your income. So you have your sales income coming in from your accounts, which is a credit to your accounts. And then you have debits going out. And that is your purchases of inventory. That's your expenses. That's any kind of, um, it's also included any inventory that you have, which is a very big driving force in this business, whether you use drop shippers or you are solely buying inventory on your own from all of the vendors that are out there. It's, it is the accountability of all of those things and where they all kind of mesh together into this, this, um, this sheet that I call an income statement, which is what everything is going to boil down for you is all of those numbers come in, they get plugged into the sheet. This one sheet, along with your 1099Ks from your processors, is essentially all you're going to be giving to your CPA. Um, to, to file your return at the end of the year. It is like, it is so clean and, and cut and dry. And you are going to understand every single piece on there from your income to your profit margins, to your expenses and where they all lie. And then what you can actually be paying yourself and what to hold aside for taxes. So you're not getting divorced at the end of the year because holy crap, I owe taxes for the first time in my life. And this happens a lot. Mm. And there is a lot of misconception of, oh, I didn't make any money. Well, yeah, you did, because unless you were selling each product at a loss, you made money. And even though you have more money going out, it just means you're cash poor. You are heavy in inventory. These are all of things. These are assets and liabilities that I talk about. So with sales, we'll start at the very top here. Sales are the most important, right? So those are your deposits from all of your processors. And I know most of them. <laughs> there are some that squeak in every once in a while but they're pretty common ones now in the boutique world. And the most common I would say is Shopify and comments sold. But then you have processors like Sezzle. Understanding the processing fees that go along with that is a huge thing because they are high and they are large. And you need to know um, how to work those in with your profit. 
So how much should I be upselling my product? Product. If I bought it for 10, should I be selling it for 20 to make a 50% profit margin? Or should I really be going and shooting for the stars at 30? That it really, you should have a wide range of those. Some things you are going to be able to sell at 50 and some you're going to be able to sell at 75 and then some you're going to give away. So that's something that I talk about as well as a sell-through rate. Mm. Sell-through is very important to understand so that you are not overbuying product and shoving products in the back of your closet that are just rotting. And every time that a season goes by and another style comes out, those items are rotting more. So I talk about how to the IPAs, the in, income producing activities that are going to allow you to move those older products at the highest dollar value at that moment to the right audience. Um, calculating inventory, everything we calculate is going to be off of bank statements, credit card statements, any sort of other um, accounts, financial institutions you work with, such as PayPal. They can all be connected to QuickBooks and they can all get bank records directly from those, um, those areas. And they're very easily accessible. Some of them do get archived if you're years behind in tax returns. I do um, do cleanups. I do soft audits. And I will discuss that at the end of what exactly those are and what those services include. The next thing I talk about is really important in understanding for your expenses for the boutique owner. Your expenses should not encapsulate, this should not really be much more than 20% of your sales. So if you did $100,000 in sales, I expect to see your expenses. And there's a lot of them. You've got your ad spend, your auto expenses, your repairs, your maintenance, your meals, your travel, apps and web services, all of them. Okay. They shouldn't be much more than 20%, which is $20,000. As soon as you start edging up to 25 and 30, you are going to become cash poor and you're eating into your profits. You really want to keep that at a certain level. Your profit margin should be above 40%. And I'll get to that in a second as well. So you have a couple of different variations. So you have the very top of any profit loss is your sales, right? Then you have your cost of goods sold. Your cost of goods sold is a function of what did it cost you in inventory to do those sales? You need three numbers for that. You need your beginning inventory. The purchases that you made during that specific time period, whether it's January 1st to March 31st for the quarter or January 1st to December 31st, whatever it is and whatever reporting we're doing, I need a beginning inventory. That's your ending inventory from the previous period, adding all your inventory for that period of time we're talking about and an inventory at the end. That allows me to determine what your cost was of the inventory for that, say, $20,000 in sales. From there, you have what they call a gross profit and a gross profit margin. How much percentage did you actually make selling $20,000 um, and your cost of goods sold, let's say, is $10,000? You made $10,000 in gross profit, which is a 50% profit margin. That's really great to do that. But you also have to remember, even when you double sell something, you bought it for 10 and sold it for 20, you think you're making 50%. You're actually not. You're making that 50% minus the processing fees to get there. So if you're using a plethora of different services, anywhere from 2.5%, 2.6% for PayPal, for example, and 6% for Sezzle, you're, you're averaging about 4% that you're taking as a loss just in processing fees. And that money is dumped into your accounts after the processing fee is removed, with the exception of PayPal. Those are really important to understand where those are eating into your profit. 
and why you really should be doubling or almost tripling what you buy it for at the wholesale cost to what you sell it to. So that's where kind of your profit margins work in. There are lots of ways to increase your sales, but I don't always focus in bookkeeping on sales. Got to hit that 20,000, got to hit that 50,000. I focus on profit margins. So if you really focus on the profit margin, you are not getting to the wrong the wrong buyer. Your target audience, and I do focus on this, and I mean, this is where me and Corey kind of you know match up with the advertising spend, getting to that target audience and getting that profit margin is super important. And I do have some clients that hit it target on every time they're doing and they're targeting the right audience and targeting that right audience is, for example, you want somebody in this business, say you want to sell at that 50 to 75% profit margin. You're not going after the, the people that are, I hate to say this in trailer parks, you're looking at like the middle of the road person that has some expendable cash to spend. And they're typically between 25 and 55. You're targeting a people that are online shoppers. They like a specific aura. They, you know, whether they're a plus size or they're, they're small, they're teenagers, you know, shopping for their teenagers. You're really targeting a specific audience. And that is super important to understand because that's going to sustain your profit margin. Those people that are not able to afford yours are only going to be shopping your discounts. Do you want to have that? Yes but you don't want to have a ton of it. You want to sell your products at the highest bidder first. And that's why that target audience is so important. And I do focus on those gross profits versus sales throughout. Because I do have people that hit their target of say 50,000. And when I do their numbers and the say they've done, this is a key example and I'll leave you with this key example of profit margins and why they're important. But I had somebody that did $330,000 in sales. Holy crap. Do you know how hard it is to do $330,000 in sales? Oh my God. Okay. Losing sleep over how much they're working 40, 50 hours a week between getting online and getting back to customers and shipping and invoicing. And it's just like this whole thing. Okay. All the pictures and all the things you have to do. They made $13,000. Would you work for three for 40 hours a week to make $13,000 a year? No, you're crazy, okay? However, if you back up and you focus on profit margin, that same person of $330,000 would have made more like sixty dollars to $70,000. And then they would have paid their taxes on that. So I really, I focus on what they call, I've created this system. It's called the levels of retail. A lot of people call it turn and burn, getting the highest profitability and cash flow from your business. Um, there is some really valuable information on how and when each item has a time and a place. And you want to rotate it in and out as fast as you can. And that goes back to that sell-through rate. So I'll kind of talk to you about the choices of bookkeeping. I'm not saying I'm the end all. I mean, there's a lot of valuable bookkeepers out there. Finding somebody that has a really good background in, in boutiques is really important to understanding and them understanding these gross profit margins and breaking it down for you. The average bookkeeper, though, will just do your numbers, just like this that CPA will. They'll grab your numbers, they'll plug it through a system, spit it out, give it to your CPA or file it themselves and kind of really not tell you what you're doing wrong or right, or giving you recommendations. I don't say wrong or right. I say recommendations. Like, and when you ask for them, I'm going to give them to you. I'm a black and white person. I'm there to keep you in business because 
when you're going out of business, I'm going out of business, Corey's going out of business, your VA is going out of business. We want, we're here to support small business and keep you guys in business. So I invest in you just as much as you invest in me. And I learn from you just as much as you're going to learn from me. And those are really valuable things that have helped increase my business and they help your business as well. Because I have clients that do a thousand a month and I have clients that do, oh goodness, my top client does almost 300,000 a month and they're massively wide range. And some it's, I want to hit 10. I'm happy with 10 girl. That's it. I afforded my dance lessons that I needed for my daughter. And that's where they stop. That's the, that's the, what they can do. But does that mean if they focus that 10,000 focus a little bit more on profit margin and really targeted that right audience, they could have made a little bit more doing the exact same sales. So I'll go back to like pop-up books is my VIP group. You're welcome to check out my website on this. It's a little bit more detailed, but essentially that is my VIP group for the do-it-yourselfer, the tools, the trainings, the preparations, getting you all the tax credits that are available. Oh my goodness, during COVID, there were so many of them. And I got people thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, in there, it's all that little like, hey, I want to learn more about home deductions. I want to learn more about this. And you can just target that specific search in my group. Um, that group currently, and it does change, I'm just letting everybody know, but that group currently is $119.99 a year, which is about $10 a month. You are going to get kind of overloaded at first, but then once you're kind of following the steps, I have a roadmap, a roadmap to pop up books, get you directly right into a um, what the searches are to do this yourself step by step by step and which ones to look for because it can be very overwhelming at first. The questions are amazing. These women in this group, there is no negativity, knock on wood. In, in the six years it's been there, the, the women are just so supportive of one another. It is really my tribe and I've created that tribe and I love it. And they really feed on each other and they want each other to succeed. They don't look at it as this like competition. And I love that. Um, and they all kind of jive together. From there, if you know what, pop-up books is great because I'm still going to keep you in there. I only do pop-up book bookkeeping services to that group. So you will have to become a member of that regardless because that's going to, there's going to be things in our meetings we do not get to. You're going to need to start searching things or I'll send you into a video, tag you in something. Hey, this is a good conversation to check out because I want you to get that, to get those IPAs in and get you as much value added in that group as I possibly can. Pop-up bookkeeping is my full bookkeeping service. Alongside that, unfortunately, you get the bookkeeping, but you get the financial management because it is very much entwined together. You get both. It is me, virtual bookkeeping for you. If you're an S corporation, it's like I said, it's structured a little bit differently, but you still are getting that one-on-one. -on -one. It's keeping me out of the lawsuits of things by going in and you're putting your username and passwords and I don't want any of that. It is very simplified. You're never going to have to worry about that. It is a, it's a liability for me to do that. And I try to keep that out of it. I don't want to ever be accused of something. So I go in, we do that bookkeeping, and then you get your reporting every three months. You get it at the end of the year, give a nice little sheet, you know what's going on. And it gives you that financial co coaching piece, as well as trying to help grow your sales. Because if you grow your sales, that helps everybody. That's not just you, that's me as well. That's any um, VAs you have. It's keeping all these other people you, that are trickling down that keep in business. If you truly wanna stay in business, 
a bookkeeper, a valuable bookkeeper, and there are a couple out there, um, is really important. And it's good to get that customization to your specific business based off of that. So I'll kind of like leave this over with Corey. I'm not sure if he has any questions. Yeah. So thank you so much for all that information. Um, I, I can honestly say that I love having you here for this podcast because there are a lot of boutique owners that do not know a lot about this. And I think that you'd be a great resource for them. Um, and also I learned a lot about what you just said too. I know that I'm not a, book, a boutique owner, but just knowing what things mean um, and you explaining <laughs> them further, I do bookkeeping for myself and I know I'm a totally different business than a boutique, yes. but it is just, it's so confusing. So it simplifies um, things a little bit better, making it, you know, I do have other businesses just so anybody knows on here. I, I don't just do boutiques. I have a wide range of bookkeeping that I do. And it's funny because I've, I've gotten a bookkeeping client. You're like, oh, I have this person. Oh, my husband does this or my husband, can you do books for this? And I'm like, yeah, I can do books for anything. I, my expertise and I shine here, but I do do books for other people, even just like little baby side hustles and whatnot. And it helps me grow as a bookkeeper and it helps me kind of bounce ideas off of people that may help other people. Cause I, I have, you know, one of my clients that, Hey, she does this and I've been able to help another client by what she does. So it's, it's grown again, that like team environment. And, and we, we are all in this together. We're all small businesses here and, um, we're competing with large businesses. We absolutely are, mm -hmm. but you need to know when to compete, when not to compete and where you can make money and you can be fruitful in this business to, to grow at the rate you want to grow at. Cause you know, going from zero to a hundred is not the answer either. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> grow at a steady rate. Um, and I have had people that explode during COVID people exploded, uh, because everybody went from this in-person shopping, feel, touch and smell things to, okay, we're doing online shopping, but I I'm sitting at home in front of a computer, man. I got to have that shirt. Like <laughs> that is, that's what it was happening. Even me as a consumer, what was happening, you know, you're bored. Um, you've got the stacks money coming in. You got all this, you know, PPP money, if you're a small business and SBA loans and, you know, you unemployment and PPUA, all of these things that I kind of bring into pop-up books as well. I try to bring in what, how those things are affecting your business. Cause they're really important to understand. And right now there are boutique owners that are struggling a little bit and tax season wasn't what it was in the past. You've got these child tax credits that got prepaid to you and that cut in. You do have some people that did really well last year still, and that cut into people's things. Um, there's so many aspects to understanding that and nobody wants to get to the end of the year. Not one person like, oh my God, I owe what to my taxes again? I'm sorry, did you just say $5,000? Cause I don't have that. I get that a lot. And that's the most stressful part of even me filing my return. I literally give it and I'm like, just tell me the bad news. Just tell it to me. Cause I'm pulling out my hair. I need to know. And then you got to go find it. It's better if you budget it as you're making money throughout the year and putting it aside. And then, hey, you know what? I over budgeted, which is what I typically focus on is people putting a little extra in there. You put it into a SEP, for example, or retirement plan or mutual funds or a Roth for your children. Those are all things that I focus on. Why not let your money make money? Mm -hmm. Why not? Like this year is the first year I was able to pay my children a little bit, which again is another valuable thing. I'll just throw this out there to you girls and guys. 
you want to pay your kids, I'll tell you how to do it because <laughs> it is a huge savings. I will tell you that. Huge, 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 huge. So if you're self-employed, that is something as a Schedule C filer you can do. But not only does it save you in the tax arena, it helps you now put money into a Roth for your children. You can put up to $6,000 into a Roth. Imagine what your 10-year-old putting even a couple thousand dollars a year into a Roth for them. They're not paying taxes on it because they're under, they're under 18. So they're not paying taxes like you or I over 18. They have no taxes in 90% of the situations. And then it grows. They take it out when they're 59 and a half and they pay no taxes. It's clean money all the way through. So the IRS, yeah, I'm, I'm happy paying the IRS some money, okay? They help our, our world go round. But, and if you make money, you're paying taxes. That's just the way that it goes. And that's sometimes something my accountant refreshes my brain on. Hey, you made money, you got to pay taxes. That's just the way that it goes. But if I can put that money away from my children and start financially planning for their education and their retirement one day and letting that thousand dollars that you just put away for the last 40 years of their life is now close to 500,000, that is like mind blowing to me. So let your money make money. Take that deduction when you can. And those are all little things that I help people with. I do not run payroll. I think that's a scary thing. I tell people to go through a payroll service for that, like a Gusto or going through ADP. And I can recommend those things. Um, I have some recommendations on apps and web services that are really useful. I found in Shopify that might help you just better budget your business and better see it on like a piece of paper. Like, oh, okay, that's what I have for potential. There's all these little things, tools and tricks that come in to bookkeeping that can be, you can't even explain to you, okay? In the last year, I mean, I could get emotional about this, but the amount of money that I've saved people merely on one thing alone, auditing their records. I have audited, I would say four out of five people that I soft audit. I do an internal audit, what they call an internal audit. And I go through your business stuff and I kind of recondition it and say, okay, this doesn't seem right. There's no way you paid that. Or you know what? There's not enough here. Like this is another expense or you missed this. And I amend it for them. And last year I had one person I amended two years. She had two years that I found that were wrong. You're allowed to amend up to three years previous. She got a $21,000 check from the IRS oh, for really? overpayment and taxes. Wow. So Merry Christmas to her. <laughs> and then I got her two $20,288 PPP grants that were completely forgiven for her. So in a matter of one meeting with me over a four, four, it was two meetings, four and a six, it was a four hour appointment and another four hour to do two years. And she, she has $60,000. I mean, that's like, that's like life changing for the average person. Okay. Cause I don't have $60,000 sitting in my bank account right now. <laughs> so, me too. <laughs> but those are little, you know, tools and tricks that a professional would know and understand. And if I don't know it, I always, I have three CF, three CPAs I go back to and a CFO of my previous company. I am constantly like talking to and just people in the boutique arena. I mean, if you're not growing and learning something every day, you're doing a disservice to yourself because the more you can do that, the more potential you have both mentally and business-wise. So 
just kind of learn and see what's out there. Don't take everything for granted. And, um, and business does ebb and flow. So don't get down on yourself because that one little thing, and I, I use this as an example. My daughter yesterday was um, running track and we were all there rooting her on. And the first two times she ran the track, she, she went off mark. So when she was doing the long jump, she went off mark and it completely messed her mental status up. She's like, and to me, I'm like, that's two months of bad sales. Okay. So the next one that she did, cause she gets four tries. She did her lowest jump that she's done because she was speeding her, beating herself up about those first two runs. So that third run, she's like, oh my God, what the heck? You know, she usually jumps 12 feet, six inches on the long jump. She jumped 10. And I said, you need to get out of your head, get out of your head space here and you need to focus on what it can be. And that, yes, you sometimes take a step back to take two steps forward and you can't let yourself get stuck on those bad months because this is business. And yes, we're surviving on it, but we need to kind of say, okay, this is our average. And I focus on that. What is your average over the year? Yeah, you had a 12,000 month and then you had an eight, but then you got a 12 and a 12 and a 20. So just like in retail sales, whether you were Marshalls or, or Marmax, or you were working for Macy's and you're running Macy's, they all have bad months. It's what you do over the course of a year and what you do with it. Do you grow overall or do you sustain? And, and some people take a step back and sometimes that step back, believe it or not, can catapult you forward. There are women that I work with that are very much like that. I'm stuck here. I can't get more than 15. What the heck am I doing wrong? And I'm like, you know what? Try a little bit of this investment cost. Try like, try advertising here. Try this. Try a little bit of email marketing inside of there. Hey, you using this app and web service, this could really help you. And I focus on all those little pieces that could really push that person to the next level if they want it. And with wanting it, doesn't it means a lot more time and effort up front. And then once that ball is rolling, it just gets bigger and bigger and, and it grows. And that's where, you know, just don't let those little hiccups in the road slow you down, you know, to what you want to make of this business. That's great advice because uh, currently right now in the world, we know that there's a lot of boutiques that are struggling right now. So I think that that's great advice. Just look at the whole year, not just like one or two months and don't freak out. But is there any <laughs> advice that you could give on that as well? You know, it becomes a mental game for me. Uh, I mean, we all struggle with it, that you have like a down month and it kind of gets you down. You're like, oh, you feel like almost like worthless or you're not doing something right. It's not only that you're doing it wrong, it's sometimes the world, okay? So you've got the economics that come into it, which I do a ton of research on. And I have a doctor of economics that I talk to as often as I possibly can get him on the phone. And he just talks about how, you know, you, you have to look at where we're at right now. Could we be going into a recession? We could be going into World War III. People are, you know, holding on to their money, but they're going on vacations more right now. And you have to look at just how the economics, it's supply and demand. And right now, the demand was high, the supply was low, but now that's coming back. So now you're getting this like unevenness of it again. And you have to almost like, when I, when I did my target audiences and, and I've been learning about how to target audiences, I profile myself first and I say, okay, I'm a 40 year old woman. I've got this many kids. I have this much income and I target it down to that. Okay. Where is my money going? Where do I spend? How much do I spend at Coles? How much do I spend online? 
And you, you have to target yourself first because you understand that that's the, that's the world you live in. How do I target that person? Why would I want to shop from Amber? Okay. Well, I want to shop from Amber because it's darn convenient. All right. She's got a nice little app on her phone. Boom, boom, boom. She sends me an email. Hey, you haven't shopped in a while. Um, it's very organized and clean and it's easy. We, we're in an easy society. We're in a now society. No matter what, that now society is still there. Because 50 years ago, we weren't bombarded with marketing the way we are now. There wasn't even, there wasn't the TikToks and the Facebooks and the social medias to get to all your audiences and target those audiences. There was, you have to like, you have to think of what we're dealing with now and what, what I'm dealing with just as a consumer getting targeted from all, what sets that amber apart from, it's the, the simplicity of it and the convenience of that shopping. And I like her attitude, you're selling yourself. So at the end of the day, when you're this independent boutique, you're essentially, you're, you're the main portion of that plate. I mean, you give me a steak, Amber, that consultant, that boutique owner is the steak. Like, and you've, you've got all these little fill in, you know, whatever appetizers and sides and all of that. But essentially you're buying her before you buy the clothing. You're buying an item because you know what? I love, I love what she's doing. She's a mom like me. She works her butt off and you have to focus on that. Those people are buying from you feel confident in yourself that they're buying from you because they like you. They can buy the exact same Zanana shirt or Judy blue jeans from somebody else, but you need to, yeah, your sales are down, but those sales that you did have are buying you. They're not buying somebody else. So sales are down for you and you're doing the same damn thing. Sales are down for everybody. Don't, don't focus on that. Don't, you have to understand that retail does ebb and flow throughout the year, regardless. You could, the J months, as they say, the J months suck. The J months suck. There's some truth to that. Some June and July, people are not buying clothes. Okay. They were though during COVID. So bam, you know, more for your buck there. Everybody shopping online. No one's spending money on their, on their vacations. Cause nobody's going anywhere with a damn mask on, mm-hmm. but you go back to, you know, the J months, those are the best J months any retailer ever had, but now we're out of that again. We're back into those true J months, June and July, kind of like morphing into this slower period of time. That's a good time to start pull back and really focus on what do I want out of this. Okay. This is where I'm going to invest. This is what I see for my goal setting for like August, my preparation use it as a preparation space to like prepare yourself with what's coming and where your target is and what your goals are for the fall. When fall is a very big shopping season, you know, and, and those are big times of year where people are, you know, monopolize. Just look at when I shop is back to school sales. And, um, you know, you're starting to think about Christmas. Yes. I'm that crazy person that buys things in September for Christmas and shoves them in the closet. <laughs> but you want people are are back into that in, in those months. So you kind of just, those are good vacation months even for you. Still work your business, still be there present and active and in front of people so they don't forget about you. But don't be a stick in the mud and get yourself in that bad headspace of, oh my God, my business is failing. Because it's not. It's Every business has this, oh, it's like the engine just kind of like starts to go down a little bit. Like I can imagine in my like 
five speed car and all of a sudden, boom, okay, I just downshifted a gear and the, the engine's like, no, I want to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> Those little, little things. So it's, it's hard and it's a mental game. It's a mental game. You have to get out of your own way. So, and we all struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's changing. We don't the know world is ever next. changing. <laughs> yes. It's ever changing and we need to change with it. Yeah. And that's not always the perfect union in marriage. <laughs> that, right. is, that is a forever changing my, my molds and what's getting to people, which I know you as, you know, advertising, I can't imagine being in that arena, trying to navigate through all the different marketing tools that are out there, which there's a lot, but where is that traffic coming from? And me as a small business owner, I do my own stuff when it comes to advertising and marketing. I'm kind of at a point where most of my business comes in a different direction. It's mostly referrals because I, because I do a good job for people and, and I really strive for that. And that referral is more important to me than trying to stick my neck out there. But when you're in the boutique world, it's not like that. People aren't referring you. They're, they're, they're adding you and Hey, there's a live show that you got to watch this chick. You know, she's live right now, but it's not the same you know, as a service-based business, which you and I are, the boutique business aura is a, the world is just different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you have to have this like pep. I, I don't know how they do it. Like I give them those boutique owners watching what they do a, a million times credit. Like I could not do it. I tried it. I did really well at first, but the, the clothes were selling themselves. I can't, I can't imagine what they go through every, every day. Just what do I buy? Am I overbuying? And, how they manage it. But once you get into a system and a rhythm, it seems to work really well. And they start to jive and you have to find that happy place of how much you want to put into your business and what services and what things are working for you. And that's what bookkeeping ultimately shows my clients every three months, they get to see a snapshot of what they did so that they can project for the next year and they can project for the next quarter and they can make adjustments within the year as opposed to the end of the year when it's too late. Why? I, I, it's only the first quarter. I still got plenty of nine more months. How do I know what adjustments to make? Am I charging enough shipping? Am I, is my ad spend too low or high? Is my apps out of control? You know, am, am I getting every deduction I can get? You know, is my shipping is the biggest one, of course. Um, should I still be using Sezzle? Are you sure this is working for you? There, those little adjustments, over the course of the year, how do you know, because you're adjusting all those every, you know, couple of months, how do you know they're even working with, working for you, unless you are reporting yourself every three months broken down, because I see, like, for example, my, some of my clients, I, I look at the first quarter, and I'm like, dude, holy crap, your ad spend is way out of control, no, 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 give it six months, I'm like, all right, I'll give you six months, but let's see, and she goes, yep, we're doing quarterly reporting, because I need to see what this is, what's happening here, and her sales grew and grew and her percentage went down and down. Her ad spend's been the same, but her ad spend started to, to edge down, but percentage wise. And I'm like, dude, this is working. She's like, yeah, this is actually working. She goes, I wouldn't even have known it's working because that whole year would have been mushed together. But seeing it in three little month snapshots, she can say and adjust and say, okay, let's back off the ad spend or, you know what, this is working. Let's, let's up the, my game here. Let's up my game. It's working for me. And by the end of the year, she was going from, you know, 14, 15 solid to, to 35,000 in December. 
because she had the right motions in place and she saw the progression throughout the year and that it was working. She could have got to the end of the year and said, oh my God, I don't even know if that was working. My sales grew, but I don't even know if my profits, her profit margins stayed the same. Sometimes when I see sales grow, I see profit margins go down because they're rotating things out too fast. So they're, they're making less money, believe it or not, but hers stayed the same. She was hitting 49 to 51, because I'll never forget this. I use her as a mold. 49 to 51 consistently, even when her sales were growing and her ad spend percentage was coming down. So that was like a huge, and an ad spend is an investment cost. I'm investing now to see something happen in the next six to nine months. If it doesn't, then you're screwing your business. That money's going out the door for what? The same thing with travel. Travel is a huge one. Okay, you're going to travel. All right, you're going to magic. Did that help you? Did you get the tools and trainings and stuff that you needed from there to grow your business? Or did you go for something else? Magic seems to be like you're creating is an arena where people can kind of see other things besides just here's the project. Here's the product that I'm selling. It's good for them to learn other things when they're going there and bounce ideas off of other, other boutique owners because that's where they're going to learn the most. What's working for you? Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I've heard of this person on Boutique Hub. She used this person. That's awesome. They're working for you. Yeah. They're working for me. Well, why don't you check out their referral page or their website? Those connections are so important. And I, and I get them a lot too, which is why I try to travel, but you want to make sure when you travel, that money's still leaving your door. Yes, it's an expense, but it's left your door. That money can't be reinvested in inventory to make you money. It's gone. It hasn't made you jack crap. Okay, it's gone. But you want to make sure you, you've put it to use. What has that travel done for me? Oh, I made this connection. Now I'm using this person and my sales grow. So those are, those are little things like that spider. We're a big spider web of, of networking, all of us. And, um, and we're all in the same arena. So those are really important networking tools to use and make sure you make the use out of that travel spend because that's an investment. So when you invest, make sure you have a product of that at the other end. What is that goal? What is that investment for? Did that computer that you just bought for $2,000 that Mac, that solve a problem for you? Yes, it sped up the time. Is it saving you time or money? Every single expense, you should be asking yourself that. Did it save you time and money? So those bookkeeping does that for you. It helps you understand those concepts. Awesome. So. Um, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, um, but if you can just tell us how uh, we can find you and follow you, then um, then we'll be good to go. Um, yes, if you're looking to follow me, uh, you can check out uh, www.popupbookkeeping.com. Uh, you can definitely look, that's, you can just look up pop-up bookkeeping. I'm sure online, I think I'm on one of the top Google searches. Um, you can also email me at popupbookkeeping at gmail.com. All of that information can be found in there. Uh, my name is Christine Darling. I, you can be, I can be found on Facebook as well, but I typically try to filter people through my email service first. And then my phone number, can, we can talk on the phone. I do free consults. Everything is free when it comes to a consult to determine your needs and wants and what you're looking for because they're very different for each person and it needs to be catered to that 
So if that's something you're looking for, just, you know, you can reach out also to the, the podcast owner here. Um, but I can be found at www.popupbookkeeping.com. And that's bookkeeping is B-O-O-K-K-E-E-P-I-N-G. Because some people leave out that, that that second K. And I can say, I have even done that. And this is my profession. So <laughs> <laughs> spelling is, you know, the other side of the brain. <laughs> I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's so much more to learn about bookkeeping and and everything that Chrissy does. So uh, definitely reach out to her for that free consult and um, and learn as much as you can about uh, your your bookkeeping. So thank you so much, Chrissy, for joining us again. And um, yes. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Corey. It was wonderful meeting you, Brooke. <laughs>